Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of the Hurry and Yell podcast. This is number five. Once again, we're going to go over what we got right and wrong last week, some college football, some NFL, and then a minute on baseball. One minute. Just one minute. I have it written down. We're streamlining the whole thing. We'll be fine. I will make sure it's only 60 seconds. Uh, Today, we are drinking Irish Death from the Iron Horse Brewery in Ellensburg, the only town pretty much between Seattle and Pullman. Ellensburg is a fine, fine, windy place. Um, Spent a night there a few years ago. Not on purpose. My car broke down, and we, uh, me and our basketball writer, we're stuck in Ellensburg for the night. So naturally, you go to a bar called The Tav, because it's Tap the Keg 75 Cent PBR Night. Needless to say, that's all we remember. Um, They also played a little bit of pool. But Ellensburg is always, when you're driving west, the place you stop before you drive over the mountains. You can maybe get some Taco Bell, maybe get some gas, and uh, get blown away because of the freaking wind. Yep. It's also the first time going west to east that you can see those lovely spinners, the uh, hydro, or excuse me, the solar. The wind energy. The wind, yes. The the Mitsubishi logos. Exactly. We've had Irish Death before. I've had it before. I have as well. It is a fine beer. It is a fine brewery. Dark, smooth ale. So you know what? Cheers to that. Clank. Cans today. The new thing these days is to put your craft beer in a can so you don't get the clink. So Um, we'll make the noise. All right. Look that up on sound effects. We're going to talk about what we got right and wrong from last week. We're going to make this a little bit quicker than what we usually do. Uh, first one, I'm going to let you go because you you got the upset right this week. Oregon, Arizona State. It was a complete shot in the dark. Uh, I figured that Arizona State would get out to an early lead, which they did. Oregon, they're simply not that good. This won't be their first loss. Arizona State is still not a good team, and I am happy Happy to see the Ducks lose. Me too. And I think this is going to start a little bit of a slide for Oregon, but I will get more into that later. Uh, Another one I want to talk about, my underrated pick from the beginning of the year, the TCU Horned Frogs taking down Oklahoma State. Um, That defense did enough. And Oklahoma State, I thought they were a little overrated, and TCU proved me right. Clearly, now the second best team in the Big 12, if not the best with Oklahoma. It's a two-team race now. When you have an offensive scheme that relies entirely on the physical ability of your players rather than the actual scheme itself, you are right to be upset by a better coach team. And we'll get to that a little bit later for another matchup in college football. So good on you. That was a hell of a pick. Thank you very much. Uh, Another one, one that... We both got right as far as who won. You got it more right than I did because I thought it was going to be a closer game. You said it was going to be an ass-whooping, and you were right. It was UW-Colorado. Not surprising at all. Uh, It went exactly how most UW games go. Their opponent scores early as they're figuring out what their opponent likes to do. And then they slowly grind them into dust. That running game was really popping. They got really physical up front, lots of pulling and trapping ceiling, lead blocks. It was beautiful. It looked like those early 90s UW teams all over again. Except it was all out of the shotgun. Well, can't have everything you want. 
Um, another one you got right as far as the slow bleed was the University of Michigan. Oh, yeah. Well, I thought it might be a better game. I thought that might be a better game than it was. I mean, the game could have gone two ways, and it went the blowout way. Yeah. I mean, it, Michigan, neither one of us thought Michigan was going to lose. Um, you were a little bit more, I guess, sour on Michigan. Not sour, but you thought it would be a closer game. That's what Michigan does now. That's what they, defense. That's what Stanford did. That's what the Niners nine, did. Starters doesn't matter. And they just line up and they kill people. That's it's another, amazing. It's another team that doesn't rebuild. They reload. Um, Hail to the victors. Uh, pour some out to the undefeated California Golden Bears. Uh, A valiant effort. You know, and they were in it in the fourth quarter. USC only got them by 10. Shockingly, um, Cal doesn't have a quarterback. You would think with an air raid coach there for the last few years, he could have recruited a quarterback. The guy they have shouldn't be playing at the division, at the Pac-12 level. He's horrible. That's why they lost the game. He kept turning over the football. Yep. And how about those Cal uniforms? I actually kind of liked them. Did you? Yeah. I thought they were a huge eyesore, and we in the Northwest have seen a lot of eyesores. My favorite Cal uniforms were the Marshawn Lynch era uniforms. Yep. But the early 2000s were the golden era of uniforms in the Pac 12, as far as I'm concerned. That's because they were all the same. I don't, they they were, were all the same. They just had that one stripe down the side. Yep. It was all the same. Yep. The Cal uniforms, which were the blue with the yellow stripe, the Cougar uniforms, which were crimson with the gray stripe, those are still my favorite uniforms. Maybe it's because that was the last time the Cougs were really, really good, but those three 10-win seasons might have something to do with it. Oregon had that hideous green with the yellow stripe. And the yellow O on the helmet. had different uniforms. They had the solid, the traditional purple, then they moved to that crap with the stripe on it. USC didn't get caught up in any of that garbage. Oregon also had the diamond plated. That's when it started. The diamond plate on the shoulder pads. Yeah, it started like mid-2000. Joey Harrington. Joey Harrington had the uh, diamond plated on the shoulder pads. Yep, because in 2003 and 2002, I just remember Oregon running backs running everywhere on the Cougs. Well, the Cougs beat them in 2003. That doesn't mean that their running backs weren't. I watched that game a few weeks ago. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, Got Nine turnovers. Got to love football in 60. All right. Uh, that's what it was for college, for what we got right. Uh, what we got right for the NFL – but I got right, Falcons. There were some crazy games in the NFL last week. There was the Eagles winning on a 61-yard field goal. I watched that game from the airplane, by the way. Love Delta. Shout out to Delta for having every seat having a TV so I could watch the NFL on the way back from New York City, by the way. You know, out here, you have Delta and you have Alaska. Alaska's got better leg room. But you have to pay $8 for a tablet, and you have a very limited selection. With Delta, you can watch live TV. You can watch football. Yep. You have hundreds of movies to choose from, and it's free. Yep. Uh, Alaska, I'm a loyal customer for many years, but get your shit together. You got, just put the tablets in the back of the seats. I, I, I might be a Delta customer now. So, Delta, good on you. You, you might have just converted one because – I was an Alaska guy as well. Um, but you had the, the Giants losing on a 61-yard field goal. You had that crazy finish with the Texans and Patriots with a last-second touchdown. You had 
the you you had the Falcons almost losing. Golden Tate originally called a touchdown, then the call, right in my opinion, overturned to his leg being down. All of those were in the span of about 20 minutes. I mean, it was just a crazy day in the NFL last Sunday. Due to a matter, uh, kind of a smattering of different circumstances, I have not indulged in the NFL Red Zone channel yet this year. I plan to rectify that on Sunday. So I always play catch up at the end of the week on uh, what happened in the NFL. This would have been the perfect week for it. I know, but we still have 13 weeks. Yep. Yes, we do. What we got wrong, I'm so sad that I got this one wrong because even though I didn't have a lot of confidence in it, Iowa, you were right there at the end. Last second touchdown, literally last second touchdown for the Penn State Nittany Lions. I thought I might have gone two for two on upsets. They got a finger on the ball. By by the way, I like Iowa's new tradition that they started this year of waving at the children's hospital. I think that's very, very cute, and I I hope that's a tradition that will continue for quite some time. I imagine, I mean, it just picked up. Imagine it'll stick for a while. I mean, that hospital was just built, so I'm sure it would. You know, that looks like a standard Kirk Ferentz 8-4 team. Uh, I love their playbook on offense. Pro style, you're running left, you're running right, and then you're throwing seam routes. And if they don't stop the run left, what do you do in the next play? You're running, you're running, running left. left. Yeah. And if they don't stop at the next play, you're running left. They will keep going until it gets stopped. I agree. I love that offense as well. Pro style offense in college just doesn't really exist anymore. Penn State is good because they stopped running uh, their head coach's offense and started running that offensive coordinator's offense, and they also have an incredible running back. He'll probably be in the top five in the NFL draft. Once that guy leaves, we're looking at some mid to early 2000s Joe Paterno Penn State records, I think. Seven uh, and five, five and six, something like that. Front runner for the Heisman Trophy, by the way, your favorite award. He's the best player in college football. Right now, I would say he yeah. So he won't win it. I would agree that right now he is. Yes, it's still going to be a quarterback. Uh, the other one we got wrong, Seahawks. I did not see I didn't that, get one. that one wrong. I got that one wrong. I didn't see that coming. I I knew that the Titans had a good offensive line. I didn't see them wearing down the Seahawks as much as they did. Well, something to consider if you're a Seahawks fan or a gambler. Um, the Seahawks, when they're playing against an experienced offensive coordinator, their defensive coordinator, Chris Richard, always gets worked over. Second half of games, he's fired all his bullets, and he can't. He doesn't have any more adjustments. This isn't the first time. This probably isn't the fifth time. This isn't even the tenth time that he's gotten out coached by an experienced offensive coach. So uh, they're not playing one of those this week. Uh, so they'll win this week. But it's just something to keep an eye on. Um, I think that at the end of this year, unless things get righted very quickly, the Seahawks are going to make some changes on the staff. I agree, and I think they should. I, I Chris Richard, I think he's a good DB coach. I don't think he's a defensive coordinator. I think he's a great DB coach. I think he does some creative things with blitz packages, but when it comes to calling a game, he's garbage. Okay, so that's what we talked about last week. Now we're going to get into the good college games this week, starting with the one on Friday night. Now we're, we're recording this at 
6 o'clock on Friday night. So in about 90 minutes, the biggest game in Pullman, Washington in 15 years, in my opinion, is, is going to take place. And it's between WSU and USC. Both teams are ranked in the top 16. Both teams are undefeated. I'm looking forward to this game. I was looking forward to this game since I saw the schedule come out. And if WSU got by Boise State, I thought both would be undefeated. You know, I booked a hotel for this. Did you? I just had to cancel it yesterday. Damn it! Well, we should, we could have done this from the road. I did not know that. Had I known, we would probably be there. I think that in the future, when we make our trip east, we need to make it for conference games. Because missing this is uh, tragic. Yeah. It's a little sad, but we'll be able... We'll still... We're going to go watch this game at a bar after this, and I will say the last time I watched WSU play USC at a bar, WSU won. Now, that was 10-7 to 7 in the Coliseum, but maybe history can repeat itself and lightning can strike twice. We only will say one thing about that night, slump buster. Yeah, well, not going to get into that right now. Um, back to the game tonight. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I think... Falk, the last couple games, just started to get back into the rhythm that Leach was looking for on when he benched him. And so hopefully that can continue. I think USC was a little beat up, having to go on the road back-to-back weeks to a short week. I The line moved three points today alone, so there was a lot of heavy money bet on USC. So maybe someone knows something I don't. People have been asking me all day, who's going to win, who's going to win, and I've been saying it was going to be USC 34-28. I'm flipping it. I'm going to say 34-31 Cougs. Usually when the the late money is usually the smart money uh, when it comes to lines moving. There's a few keys to this game. You'll hear me say this probably on every single podcast, but this game will be one up front. Uh USC, they're big and strong up front. Wazoo is lightning fast. USC's left tackle is not going to be here. They are starting a true freshman. I think that could come into play. If So Wazoo does a great job of disguising coverages. So what they show you before the snap is not what they show you a half second into the play. If they can get pressure on Sam Darnold and hem him in the pocket – he will give you a couple interceptions. On the, the Another thing to consider is that USC power running game, they're going to want to lean on you. Uh, quickness and leverage is key, as well as setting the edge. Every single play they run in the run game is a setup, their buck sweep going to the right side. So you I, set the edge, you shut that down, and you probably can compete in this game. I just hope they spent the entire week watching Texas. Because Texas was kind of undersized in the defensive line, minus that one really fat defensive tackle. And I know the Cougs don't have that fat defensive tackle. They've got a 300-pound defensive tackle. Hopefully that'll be enough. But I hope that they spent, because Texas was flying around. They The defensive line was eating up gaps, or was eating up blocks, and then those linebackers were filling holes. That's what the Cougs are going to need to do. They have to play with an enthusiasm un, unseen before by mankind to win this game. Usually in big games at home, they shit themselves, especially against the Huskies, especially uh, Luke Falk if he gets pressured. The Wazoo offensive line probably has three or four guys that can play in the NFL, but 
they're not playing like it. And USC's defensive line has four guys that can go in the NFL, and they're playing like it. So if Luke Falk doesn't have time, it doesn't matter how good the defense is, they're going to lose that game. Can you give me a prediction? I think USC is going to win by a touchdown. Okay. It's going to it's gonna hurt. It is going to hurt. I might be staying the night here tonight, just so you know. Because if that happens, I might be drinking a little, little more of the Irish deaths than originally planned. Score more of those. Um, okay, so that's that's the big game for us, obviously, as WSU alumni. There are a couple of other really good games this weekend, though. Clemson, Vatek. Uh, you got two versus twelve. Um, I'm going to let you talk about this one a little bit because I know you have been very excited to talk about this one all week long. They've got the wrong team favored in this one. Virginia Tech, I think, is going to win this game. It's in Blacksburg. It's at night. The crowd is going to be lathered up, as they should. That is a great fan base and a great, just a great program. Uh, Clemson is very aggressive defensively. Virginia Tech's running game especially requires that the defense read and react rather than just attack. So... I could see them giving Clemson some trouble. They gave him a hell of a game last year. That was one of the better games in all of college football, in my opinion, last year. And it very easily could have gone Vatek's way. And I think that the finally, the change in quarterback for Clemson, their offense has been good, but it's mostly been good because they've been playing teams with inferior talent. When they played a defense with equal talent, Auburn, they scored 14 points. Vatek isn't as talented as Auburn, but they're better coached. And Much better coach. <laughs> Bud Foster is one of the greatest defensive coordinators in college football history. And I think I think Vatek is going to win this game and turn college football on its head. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm picking Clemson to win by probably four to seven points. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, Clemson just has something um, that I haven't seen that I've seen the really good college football teams, the Alabamas, Ohio States, that's about it, the last few years um, have. And they just find ways to win. They always seem to find a way. Um, I I think that it's something weird is going to happen in this game, but Clemson is going to find a way to win. I will say this. If Clemson gets up by a touchdown or more after the first quarter, this game's over. Once they, they start, once it becomes a Vatek has to pass the football, it's over. But you're still going with that as going your upset pick. So that is his upset pick, Clemson against Virginia Tech. We're going to get to mine a little bit later. Uh, I think people probably won't be surprised at all by who I'm going to pick for my upset. But we'll get to that in a second. Um, the uh, We've got another in the SEC East three-headed monster race between Georgia, Tennessee, and Florida. Uh, this time it's Georgia, Tennessee. I hope it's as fun as Tennessee, Florida. Um, if fun, you mean ugly and then a compelling finish. You're probably right. Well, that's exactly what I mean because all three of these teams are probably in the top 10 as far as most talented teams in the country, but they are so poorly coached for some reason. And I, I think, I don't think Georgia is poorly coached. Well, and that's why they're ranked seven is because so far they haven't, they've, they've been doing what they're supposed to do. They've With been playing to their talent level. With a backup quarterback. That's true. And they've been playing to their talent level. But this is a game I can see Tennessee doing something. And this is another one where I could see something weird happening. Because, again, between Georgia, Tennessee, and Florida, something strange always seems to happen. So 
wouldn't surprise me at all if Tennessee won this game. Went like fourteen to thirteen. Wouldn't surprise me if Georgia won this game, thirty-four to ten. Like I don't, I don't know what to make of this game. I am gonna go with Georgia because I think overall better coached and I think they're more talented. But I, I'm gonna watch this game just for the talent and for the curiosity of what's actually gonna happen. I think that uh, I could see Tennessee winning. 38-28. I could see them just dominating. Really? And uh, Georgia just committing a bunch of turnovers. It's in Neyland Stadium. It's going to be crazy. Um, I could I could see Georgia just just killing them, like 24-3. One thing to consider, Butch Jones is coaching for his job in this game. He loses this game. They're losing. They're probably going 8-5 and five or 7-6. Seven and, like seven and six. They're not... They're losing a lot of games. He's getting fired. They still got to play Alabama. They still got some more tough games on the road. They got Auburn. Um, Vanderbilt apparently is a tough game for them now. <sighs> Vanderbilt will jump up and bite you. They did that, yeah. Unless you're Alabama. <laughs> what was it, 677 yards to 80? Something well, like that. Well, that's what Alabama did to Tennessee last year. It was like 500 yards to 80. But it was 59 just, to nothing. It was fifty nine seven or something last year. Like Alabama, they have is, a game like that every year. They just squash people. So I think Georgia's going to win. I hope Georgia's going to win. I want Bush Jones to get out uh, so I can start rooting for Tennessee again, so they can hire somebody other than Derek Dooley, Lane Kiffin, or Butch Jones. They should have never fired Philip Fulmer. I'll say that every week until the day I die. Alabama plays their nemesis this week. Now, their nemesis has just been an absolute shitstorm. They lost to the University of California earlier this week, or earlier this year, excuse me. But And I don't think Ole Miss is going to come up and bite Alabama. But if Alabama has a nemesis in the SEC the last few years, it is Ole Miss. The one consistent thing with Ole Miss giving Alabama trouble has been experienced at quarterback for Ole Miss, a good quarterback, and that's not the case. If you're wearing number 22 and you're playing quarterback for a major college team and it's not 1974, then you're probably not going to win a lot of games. So their quarterback's awful. Alabama's going to kill them. That's going to – I completely <laughs> agree, but that's going to be the highlight of this podcast <laughs> right there, the number 22 – well done, sir. Well done. My compliments. Um, yep. So both of us have Georgia winning. I, I think Georgia's going to, going to take it as well. Um, but again, something weird is going to happen. It always does between whenever two of these three teams are involved. Kirby Smart and his haircut, hopefully will pull this off. (laughs) I can't even take him seriously on the sideline. When he's he's yelling at an official with that pumpkin, you mean he looks like Lloyd Christmas? It looks like a wig. It looks like a wig. That can't. He walks into a barber, and God knows that that guy doesn't pay like $12 for some, you know. He he makes millions of dollars. He's paying for that haircut. What does he even say? Does he bring in a picture of Lloyd Christmas and say, this is what I want? I hope so. God, I hope so. But it's not not even across. No. It's not totally even. So he's like, give me Lloyd Christmas, but let me sweep it across. A sweeping Lloyd Christmas. A sweeping Lloyd Christmas. That's what he has. Do you think if I went to a barber and I said, give me the sweeping Lloyd Christmas, 
they would know what I was talking about. You could walk on the field and coach Georgia this weekend. Oh, God. Well, I would just run nothing but angle routes. And wheel routes. And wheel routes. Okay. Not the same thing, Coop Center. (laughs) No, they definitely are not. Okay. Uh, Another SEC game. Uh, Mississippi State-Auburn. We hit on Mississippi State a couple weeks ago, and we missed on them last week. So Mississippi State is not any good because LSU actually isn't very good. For what feels like the seventh year in a row. And it's sad because they sh- that's another team. They should be good. They are so talented. You shouldn't need a late touchdown to put away Syracuse at home. So True. LSU isn't very good. Mississippi State has some inconsistency at quarterback. Auburn's got a pretty damn good defense. I think Auburn runs away with this. I think it's going to be close because I actually am a little higher on Mississippi State's quarterback than you are. Uh, he, he is a running quarterback. I know if he can keep that Auburn defense maybe in the box a little bit longer, split second, is he going to run? Is he going to throw? Maybe he might have something. I do think Auburn's going to win, but I don't think they're going to blow him out. I think Auburn's front four is going to collapse the pocket the entire game. I don't think Auburn can blow anyone out unless it's Troy. I, I don't think their offense is good enough to blow people out. Their defense is. So you're telling me that you weren't impressed by their 14 point victory over Mercer? I was not. Shockingly enough. All right. I was not. Were <laughs> you? No. I can accept that. Yes, the Mercer Bears. I got Auburn winning by double digits. It may be 10 nothing, but they're winning by double digits. I'm going to say final score 13 to 7. <laughs> Gotta love SEC football. That's a noon start, too, so it's going to be one of those ESPN fun Yep, SEC football. Gotta love it. All right, we have one more college football game to get to, one that I'm excited about because it's a team. It's two teams we've talked about quite often so far in these five weeks, and they're playing each other, and it's my upset pick. The California Golden Bears. They are 3-1. and one. They have played much better than most people expected. At this point, I thought they would be 1-3, and and I thought they were going to get waxed by USC. So they are definitely exceeding expectations. And then there's Oregon. Oregon has done nothing at all to impress me. They put up 77 points their first game on, what was it, Southern Utah. Cool. They beat Nebraska, who's going to fire Mike Riley at the end of the year again. Cool. If he makes it to the end of the year. He might not. That's true. Um, you know, then they lost to Arizona State. I don't really think anything of Oregon at all. I think Cal, as a 15-point underdog, which is absolutely ridiculous, is going to beat Oregon. I think the final score of this one is going to be 27-21 or 27-20, something in that range. But I have the California Golden Bears getting to 4-1, and one, two wins away from a bowl game. And then this is in Austin Stadium. I think so, and I think yeah. that's why the line is so high. Um, but you know what? I don't care. Oregon has done, like I said, nothing the first four weeks to to impress me. And Cal's Cal's playing better than I thought they would. And so because of that, and because I got to stick, Cal's Cal's my team of destiny as far as mediocre team that is going to make a bowl game. And so I'm riding with the Golden Bears. I've never seen Justin Wilcox coach a defense that has given up less than 45 points to the Oregon Ducks. And I don't think 
that is going to change today. Well, tomorrow. So I disagree with you, but that's why we call it an upset pick. <laughs> if we're just laying points here, I take them to cover, but I don't think they're going to win. I mean, I haven't been very confident with my first two upset picks, and honestly, I'm not very confident with this one. But two weeks ago, Mississippi State over LSU. Last week, Iowa over Penn State. One and one could easily be two and zero. Oh. I would love nothing more than the Cal to, for, to win this game. I'll dedicate the entire podcast to Cal football and baseball. <laughs> you tell you this? No, I'm not Cal, agreeing. That. I don't Cal, agree. If Cal beats Oregon, let me talk. No. Let me talk two minutes about baseball. I'll give you five minutes on baseball. You heard it here first, people. If Cal can pull off the upset, I actually get to talk a few minutes about baseball. Five minutes on baseball. Oh, my God. I had no idea what I would talk about during the playoffs to fill up five minutes. But, um, all right. I'm now even an even bigger Golden Bears fan. Speaking of, I feel like we're kind of in the transition. We've got college football, and we've got the NFL to get to. And then um, I've got a hypothetical food-related question to finish this podcast off. Which is probably going to take longer than the NFL portion. So, we're going to set our timer. And you have one minute to talk about everything that you possibly can about baseball. You've got your notes out. You've got an eager look in your eye. Ready, set, go. I'm only doing playoff predictions here. Diamondbacks win the play-in game over the Rockies or Brewers. Diamondbacks then beat the Dodgers in the National League Division Series. Nationals over the Cubs in the National League Division Series. Nationals over the D-backs in the National League Championship Series. And the Nationals make their first World Series, making the Mariners the only team in all of Major League Baseball to have never made a World Series. In the American League, Yankees over Twins in the play-in game. Indians over Yankees in the American League Division Series. Astros over Red Sox in the other Division Series. Indians over Astros in the ALCS. Indians over Nationals in the World Series, winning their first one since the 40s. That is all I need to say, ladies and gentlemen. Indians are winning the World Series this year. Bucket. You got 10 seconds, so I'll add in this. The Indians aren't going to win the World Series. The Yankees are. Would you like to place a gentleman's wager on this? Time. Uh, sure, I'll give you an extra minute of baseball in November. Oh, good. I'm so glad that after baseball is over, I'm going to get an extra minute to talk about baseball. I'll give you an extra minute about the motion offense. I'll give you five minutes on the motion offense in a podcast. If the Yankees don't win the World Series. That's not fair, because you know I couldn't only talk about that for five minutes. I'm we'll, sure we could. We'll, I'm we'll, sure we'll, we'll come, come up, up with some kind of arrangement. You're going to let me talk Gonzaga basketball. Oh, God. Yeah. You're going to let me talk past Gonzaga basketball. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, we'll see about that. Yeah. All right. NFL. NFL. Go ahead. This is your, this is your baby right here. Bills Falcons. So... I hadn't seen anything from the Bills this year, so I went to the trusty internet and watched some tape on the Bills. You can run trap blocks and whams on that front four all day long. The problem is the Falcons don't run a lot of traps or whams. So I don't know if how well they're going to exploit that. Um, Bills are just straight ball. they got a ton of players. 
They run around. They've got athletes all over the place, but it's sloppy. I love it. It is sloppy. The I, Falcons are not sloppy, and they'll be able to rush the passer because Tyrod Taylor runs for his life on every snap. Those tackles are terrible. Uh, I think that, you know, the, Fal- the Bills will hang around for a while, but the Falcons are going to kill them. I think the Bears, or the, the Bears, I think the Bills have a sneaky good defense. Um, I don't think they're going to hold that offense in check. I think Matt Ryan is going to get his 900 millionth game in a row of 200 yards passing, continuing his NFL record. But I think they're going to, I think they can get a couple turnovers. I mean, he threw three picks last week. I think they can get a couple turnovers. I think this game is going to be more interesting than what people originally thought it was going to be. They have the bills have a very opportunistic defense. I love that they fly around everywhere and I know that they, you can run on them and I know that it's a small defensive front, but you know what? I, I I'm going to go with the bills in this one. I think the bills are going to knock the Falcons from the rank, the ranks of the unbeaten. They've got, they, they definitely have the talent. I would not be terribly surprised. Uh, I just think that the Falcons front front four is just gonna dominate the game. Lots the, of screens. The Bills are fat up front. Lots of screens. LaShawn McCoy is going to get lots of screens. They're gonna run lots of wide receiver screens. They're gonna run the air raid. It's what they should do. Shovel passes, screens, run the air raid. We'll see. Yeah. They've got a quarterback that can do it. All Patriots right. Panthers. <laughs> I I don't think the Panthers are that good. I really don't. So something to think about. The Panthers have scored a total of three touchdowns this entire season. And yet they're 2-1. and one. They're averaging 15 points a game. The reason they're 2-1 and one is because they gave up 38 last week, and that was the first time they'd given up a touchdown in a game. They are good defensively against bad teams, and they're bad against good teams. Well, guess what the Patriots are. Patriots aren't bad. They're pretty they're, good. They're pretty good. Um the Patriots' defense is awful, but Carolina can't throw the football. 160 yards a game. That's garbage. I think Cam Newton's injured. He's either injured or he just doesn't care. I, and I hope, I hope it's that he's injured. Patriots are going to stack the box. They're going to make him throw the football. He can't throw the football. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think this game's going to be close at all. I think the Patri- I think Tom Brady is going to have after not throwing three touchdowns in the first quarter at all in his career. I think he's going to do it twice in three games. I think this. <sighs> I think this game's going to be 31 31-3 at halftime. I think the Patriots are going to roll. Wow. Yep. Well, you said that about the Saints game and then you were right, so I'm not going to doubt you. Those NFC uh, South defenses can't keep up with the Patriots. <laughs> so, another one I've got written down is the Raiders and the Broncos, one of the great NFL rivalries. I'm excited for this one. Uh the Raiders look like shit on Monday night, but I'm still excited for this game. These teams really don't like each other, and so when things when you have two teams that don't like each other, it's another thing. Anything can happen. You never know what's going to happen. The Broncos' run defense has given up two yards a carry to feature backs this season, and they have not played against bad running backs. Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott's pretty good. Sean McCoy, pretty Ezekiel good. Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I don't know who they played in week one. I don't remember what they won. There's somebody who's pretty decent. The Raiders' secondary is not good. No, this you is know true. who else is not good? Trevor Simeon. This is a battle of strength on strength, for sure. <laughs> so, 
Broncos have the receivers to throw the football. The problem is they don't have the quarterback. I don't hate Trevor Simeon. I think he is a serviceable NFL quarterback. I think he's better than Paxton Lynch. They played the Chargers and Melvin Gordon in week one, by the way. So, yeah, Melvin Gordon, Ezekiel Elliott, LaShawn McCoy, and they've held him He's John yards. Kitna. That's who Trevor Simeon is. Eight and eight. Yeah, with that, much. With how good the rest of that team is, eight and eight does not cut it. That's true. I think the Raiders actually are going to win this game. Uh, I think that it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a physical game. There's not going to be a lot of points scored. Uh, but I think the Raiders are going to come in, and Marshawn Lynch is going to grind them and grind them and grind them, and they're going to beat them. This is the first game that we are in 100% agreement on. I right. I also agree that uh, the, the Raiders are going to wear them down. I think Marshawn's going to wear on them. I think that offensive line is going to lean on them. And their third and fourth quarter, they're just going to be – they're going to be getting – there's going to be holes there that weren't there in the first half. I agree with that. I would, I'm with you. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think ultimately the Raiders are going to win. I think they're dedicated to the running game, and as a Seahawks fan, I forgot what that looks like. <laughs> That's true. The last game I've got for the NFL are the Rams and the Cowboys. Now, Jared I know what Go- you're thinking. Hashtag go golf. The last time the Rams and the Cowboys played a game was 1979 Divisional Playoffs. Yes, that is exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. How'd you know? <laughs> Which is also the last game Roger Stallman ever played in. It's also the game Jack Youngblood broke his leg and then played the rest of the playoffs with a broken leg. It wasn't a weight-bearing bone, but the guy's still a badass. By the way, he was born <laughs> six years after this game, ladies and gentlemen. Pat there, was there was a notable Thanksgiving game with Eric Dickerson in like 84 with the Rams and the Cowboys. But, uh, yes, so this game hasn't mattered in a while. When one's good, the other one's bad, and vice versa. So, Or they're both bad. The Rams are, they're looking okay. They're looking okay. They look like they actually belong in the NFL for the first time in a few years. It's interesting to see what that talent on the team looks like when they're actually being coached. So that's something to see. However, I feel like it's a lot of schematic smoke and mirrors like when Josh McDaniels got to Denver and they started off 5-1. and one. Eventually, you run out of wrinkles you can throw in to kind of mask the deficiencies of your quarterback and your offensive line. Uh, they're using Todd Gurley really well, which thank you for the fantasy points, uh, Rams. But I think that – and the defense is not playing well. There's, there's a, Aaron Donald still doesn't look like he's in game shape. It's a 4-3 roster running a 3-4 scheme. It's going to take him a year or two to roll that over. So this year is going to be kind of rough. The Cowboys, I feel like they got well last week, played a gritty, just, just won a road game on Sunday night in Arizona. The Cardinals are, this is the last row of Bruce Arians, thank God. But And Carson Palmer, I think he's still alive. I mean, it, it's hard to tell with the way he's playing. Um, but it was an impressive win by Dallas, and I think Dallas is going to win this game. It's going to be pretty close for me, 24-17. I, uh, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll go with that. I think the, I think the Cowboys are going to win pretty comfortably. Um, I think Jared Goff reverts back to Jared Goff a little bit in this game. And... They stack the box. They make Dallas's defense isn't any good though. It's good enough. 
Oh, that's okay. Their I really like their linebackers. Their defensive end, what Demarcus Lawrence has six oh, and a half. He's a monster. Six, yeah. well, it's, it's a contract here. And uh, like corner twenty four, Claiborne. He's a stud. They got some studs on that defense, and they got some garbage. Yeah, uh, I, I think that Dallas wins comfortably. Ezekiel Elliott. I'm pissed that I'm going against him in fantasy this week because I think he's going to have 150 yards of two touchdown. Because you're right, that defense. And I think it's because Aaron Donald was holding out, and so they're, he's not really in game shape. And so because of that, the rest of the defense is suffering around it. I think that they don't have the uh, – they're not – they're a little light in the pants on the edge, and the Cowboys have those monster tackles. And I think they're going to be uh, – I think they're just going to get overwhelmed on the edge. Yeah. I agree. Um, all right, so let me get to my random question, and then if we have time, we might touch on what happened in college basketball. So we're in Manhattan last weekend. Oh, beautiful city. First time there, and uh, I already want to go back. That was my feeling as well after I went. Less so this time. Well, it, it was 88 degrees in late September. I think it's because you got there on Friday and left on a Sunday. I think you were. it's because you didn't really get a chance to enjoy the city. You were there for the wedding and for the wedding only. By the way, beautiful wedding. Steve and Lindsay, congratulations. So, Sunday, before we go to the airport, we go and grab lunch. Grab beer from the hotel. At a burger joint. It's packed because there's some kind of police marathon that went on. Anyways... I look at the menu, and I see that CNN has rated this, I don't forget what the hell the name of the burger was, uh, top 10 burger in the country. So naturally, me, the writer of the search for a perfect burger, is interested in this. The burger comes out on an English muffin. By the way, I want you guys to know, I want you guys to know, I am hearing this story for the first time. I have not heard this before. It comes out an English muffin. We'll get to that in a second. The patty, the beef patty, one of the best I've ever had. A perfectly sliced fresh pickle. I hate pickles, but it was perfect. Everything about this burger was perfect. But was I eating a burger? It was in an English muffin. This is not is a hot dog a sandwich question. Yes, you were eating a hamburger. What makes a burger a burger? Is it the beef patty or is it the bun? It's to me, it's the patty. But you have a beef patty. On a sausage breakfast sandwich. That's a sandwich. You put an English muffin and a beef you eat patty. Beef for, you eat beef patties so for breakfast? Sausage. That's a sausage patty. That is a sausage breakfast sandwich. It's a patty. Have you ever had a... No, it's it's the meat. It's the meat that makes it different. Have you ever had a sausage burger? No. You've never had a sausage, a sausage burger. sausage is a breakfast item. Just like English... An English muffin is a breakfast food. You don't eat, you don't eat an English muffin after 8.30 in the morning. Did you deliberately not tell me this so we could talk about this on the podcast, honestly? Yes. Okay, that is awesome. And I love that. Yes, it is a hamburger because of the beef. Because of the the beef patty makes the hamburger to me. So, I, I just, I, I, I don't agree. I think that you have to create a bun. You have to create a bun for it to be a burger. So you can have a bun and have a sandwich if it has chicken in it. That's a chicken what sandwich. Chicken sandwich? How do you sandwich. know? <laughs> However, if you had looked at this thing, you would not say it was a burger. You have this beef patty and you have this dainty, wilted, weakling English muffin just sitting there. 
Did the English muffin get soggy? Of course it did. It did. Of okay. course, it disintegrated by the end of it. Because in order, first of all, you didn't have a binder of a good cheese. Ooh. So the cheese didn't bind the onion and the pickle and, and the beef together. So you really have to squeeze down with the patty, uh, with the bun. But since it's an English muffin, it's not used to that kind of vigorous activity. And it just disintegrated. So, first of all, I don't know how they made that beef patty, but it was perfect. Second of all, I refuse to admit that that is a cheeseburger. That's a burger. It's not a burger. I think we're going to have to agree to disagree on this one. I think it's, I honestly think it's a burger. I think it's, I think the meat patty is what makes the burger, not the butt. Because, because have you ever had, have you ever not had a, a, a hamburger bun? Have you ever not had a bun? And so you have put a hamburger patty on two pieces of bread. Did you ever have to do that? I've had some kind of surf. No, I never had to do that. <laughs> there was one time when I was growing up where we ran out of hamburger buns. And so... And rather than not grill, your father used sliced bread. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Don't you it was the end of the bread. So it made it a little bit... It looked it like... Makes, a, it makes it a little bit bunny. Yeah. So, but that was still a hamburger to me. The thing is, sandwich, uh, uh, sandwich bread, that is diverse. You can have, you can use sandwich bread on any meal of the day. You can make French toast with it. You can make a sandwich. You can have sloppy joes for dinner on sandwich bread. But an English muffin is breakfast food. It's breakfast, it's breakfast completely. It's like if I had served a burger on a crumpet. Do you think that's – is that a burger? If I put a beef patty on a crumpet? I'm sorry. I'm too busy thinking <laughs> – you said crumpet. I thought croissant. So now I'm too busy thinking of a hamburger on a croissant, which sounds fucking amazing. That sounds actually really good. Right? That's you not a to... burger. That's a sandwich. I had a sandwich. But then that brings the ultimate question. Is a hamburger a sandwich? It's a burger. It's not a sandwich. It can't be both. It's not just one or two different things. In order to have a burger, you have to have a bun and you have to have a beef patty. That's it's it, I it's not you know, you can throw chicken in a bun, you could call that chicken burger, but we all know it's a sandwich. You gotta have a bun and beef. As simple as that. That's what I say, that's how I call it, and that's how I see it. For any more random food questions, give us a t- tweet at us. Let us know. Tweet at us at Hurry and Yell. Let us know if there's anything else that you want us to argue about food related. Oh, by the way, if you're going to charge me $5 for fries, I don't remember the name of this place, Bill's Bob something. Those better be good fries. Were they, I'm guessing every place that I have been that charges extra for fries, it is always the soggy, thin fries that for it some wasn't reason, soggy, it was over-fried. Okay, fine. Yes, the over-fried fries that everyone seems to love. Over-fried, over-salted. Give me thick cut with a good fry on the outside, and then it's a little bit of potato in the middle. Red Robin. <laughs> exactly. Red Robin French fries is the standard by which all French fries should aspire to be. We're running out of time. Otherwise, I'd go into... Uh, my pizza experience there, which was decidedly more positive. I had two 
very good pizza experiences, including one where I met a very interesting man who said that he recruited people from Rucker Park to a school, and I was only half listening because I wasn't sober and was waiting for my delicious pizza. Um, I think he said his name was like Rebel or Ringer or something like that, but it was an entertaining New York man, to say the least. Was he Italian? Oh, yeah. Of course he is. Oh, yeah. So uh, we're not going to get into college basketball this week. Uh, We're going to let a little more details come out, and then we're probably going to talk about it here either next week or the week after. And by the way, in one of these podcasts, I will tell you exactly what I would do as a head coach of a school like Louisville, which is going to lose everyone and is looking for a young coach, and the young coach has to know that he is going to be in for a big rebuild. I know exactly what I would do, and I will say that in next week's podcast on the type of players I would recruit, the type of system I would run, and the success that I think we would have the first couple of years. I look forward to hearing that. Oh, my God. Well, you probably – the best penalty. They will be probably out for a couple of years, and I think you know what system I would run. The system you run. Yes, <laughs> we will get into that more. We will once college basketball comes. We will be getting into that even more. College basketball is my go-to sport, so I cannot wait to talk about it. I'm very sad for, to hear about what's been going on the last week. I also think this is only the tip of the iceberg. Uh, I think more schools are going to get blasted by this. I think there's going to be a lot of finger-pointing, name-calling. I think college basketball is going to be in for quite a rude awakening. I will say this, and we can hammer away at this on a podcast where we don't have a lot to cover. This, in no way, in no shape or form, in no possible reasoning whatsoever, justifies or endorses the idea that players should be paid. Corruption is not a reason for deregulation. I completely agree, and I agree that this is something that we will talk about more in depth, especially we'll we'll be talking about this a lot once college basketball actually comes into play in the next month. Uh, I do know, though, that one um, company that's got to be loving what's going on right now is Under Armour. Under Armour has got to be absolutely loving this because Adidas has already had a guy arrested. Nike is getting subpoenaed. Under Armour is just sitting there in Maryland licking their chops because they only have one school and it's Maryland. And obviously there's no wrongdoing really in Maryland because they haven't been good for a while. But I think that Under Armour is going to be the big winner if you can call them a winner in this whole really shitty situation. I agree. So we will get into that more in the coming weeks. Uh, Everyone, thank you very much for listening. And you know what? In about 45 minutes, the Cougs are kicking off. Biggest game, like I said, in a long time. So go Cougs. And thank you very much for listening, everyone. Go Cougs.